everybody. Hey, yeah, Life, ish. Well, Life ish. ish. It's been a long time since we uh, did a little podcast, and um, it has been. Yeah, it has. I'm going to call this season two. Great. Season two, episode it's... one, <laughs> and you guys are going to know what this podcast is all about based on the title, <laughs> which is. And sometimes your radiator just blows up. Well, and when things fall apart, part two. When things fall apart, part two. Mojave they, Road. Because they, they do. Because <laughs> they do. You guys, thanks for listening. We really appreciate it. Um, yeah, you, and thanks for all the nudges. A couple of you listening, I know, have repeatedly requested us to get back on the podcast thing. When's the next podcast? You know what I Thank did? Thank you. You know what I did? Yeah, thanks, you guys. Um, is I was like, hey, this is some awesome content that we can get out there, and it's relatively easy to do. But what I didn't keep in mind was that it's another thing to do. It is definitely another thing to do. It's okay. It's okay. All right. Anyways, okay. So I want to start I want to start with um, Dan. Dan Rich. Oh, just by thanking him for being Dan? Yeah, yeah that guy. So we're going to thank him for being Dan. And um, you're awesome. He, he helps us to, to, with various events. We were just at the Off the Grid Rally here in Fresno. But he... At Shaver Lake, yeah. near Fresno. Yeah, yeah, at Shaver Lake, east of Fresno. Yeah. Um, but he put together this little idea. It was a little idea he had. Oh, oh. so, so back in, I think, October of 2016, I'm going to say October, November, I think October, Dan was on the forums and he made a post that was like, hey, I'm going to do the Mojave Road in March. Who wants to go? The answer to that question is 60 people. And that's because it was limited to 60 people. (laughs) Well, it ended up being 40 rigs. And Dan created this whole event. Like it had a life of its own. He worked with the parks, with the BLM. He got the permits. He took it all on. Um, pre-ran the trail, came up with the, the, the two, the three base camps we created and just took it and ran with it and, and did it in the spirit of bringing people together to explore. And it was just such, he's such a genuine guy and it was a genuine effort. And the other thing is that he, he also happens to be, um, uh, Hey, don't go, no, don't give it a, don't give it away yet. Oh, I shouldn't give no, it away No, no, don't give it away yet. Do you know what I'm going to talk to yes. you? Yes. See, we've been married for 17 years. That is not true. So she knows everything I'm about to think. Okay. <laughs> we've hey, been, we've here, been married for three. <laughs> here's a tip. Here's a pro tip. When you are over on our website and you're a member and you're logged on and you're using RallyPoint because we, we really want you to use RallyPoint and share your trips and events because RallyPoint is awesome. This yeah, podcast, this-, this podcast brought to you by Overland Bound Rally Point. Check it out on the website. Okay, so anyway, pro Wait, tip. And really quick, the, the Mojave Road Trip is what inspired us to start developing the software for yes. Rally Point. Yes, that's right. So, so, so Dan needed a tool for planning a trip, and so this was the the test for that, and then we developed Rally Point. So it's over there on the website. You guys can check it out. I really wasn't trying to be blatantly promotional, but hey, there it is. Um, so here's a pro tip. A pro tip is 
the way to limit the number of rigs, especially especially if you're going into a sensitive area, uh, which we always consider, is the number of rigs an area will accommodate. Um, less notice. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> so we had a lot of notice for the Mojave road trip, which was awesome. It was like 150 miles through the Mojave desert. It was epic. And there was lots of notice. So lots of people signed up and there was quite a bit of coordination that happened. And uh, Dan did a really good job of answering all the questions and setting it all up. So that's how we came to be on the Mojave road. Okay. Yeah. So keeping in the, in the spirit of us sharing stories of, you know, what did I say last time? Like, don't be us. Like, learn from our mistakes. Don't be us. Learn, uh, yeah, learn from us. Learn from us. Don't be us. Um, this this is another example. And it was right after our Moab trip in uh, December, January. So we were two months out from the great slip and slide of 1617. Um, and we were just starting to feel... I don't know. We'd done some work on the rig. We had just done like some really core work. Nothing. Uh, I would say that 2017 is the year of us putting work into the rig that had no aesthetic value or external. Cool, cool no cool factor. The cool factor was like my, negative two. Yeah. There's yeah. nothing. There's nothing cool about a power steering pump. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you don't you don't post pictures of that on Instagram and be like, hey, dudes, check it out. <laughs> so. So we had just gone through a really good internal maintenance, you know, process with our with our shop here in the Bay Area. And a lot of it was in preparation for this Mojave trip. It was a substantial. Not, I mean, did we okay. put tires on it? Did we put the did we put uh, new tires on it before the trip? Or was that no, after? that was, after. That was okay. that's part two all right. of all of this. All right. um, so the, the the idea was to leave. Uh, on a Thursday morning, get to the first base camp, and then trek on through until Sunday. And once we hit that trail, you know, people who've been on it understand there's no like, oh, got to pop off and get some gas or oops, I forgot the eggs. Like you are on this, you know, you're pot committed. Yeah. And we, we, and people join us along the mm-hmm. way, you know, and you guys, if you follow along in the forums, you'll know where we're going and where we're traveling. And what generally happens is, you know, while we're traveling, people coordinate the meetup and, you know, generally Corey will create a schedule with a little buffer time window of opportunity, but you have to join us at that moment in time. So yeah. you're on point, you're on schedule, and we're traveling together and, with multiple rooms. And we were right on schedule. Yeah. So we'll cut to, let's let's cut to the start of the trail. We were in the Arizona side, Bullhead. Like yeah, we Bullhead, were, Arizona. We were. And it was flipping gorgeous. It was. Oh, it was, and it was beautiful. It was uh, towards the end of March, and we got the best weather. It was spring, prime, like maybe eighty something degrees, like super dry, super just bloom. really the super bloom in the uh, desert. It, it was, was gorgeous. Yeah, if you look at pictures between um, 20, 2016 and twenty seventeen. 
from space even like the super bloom was just amazing in the desert. So it was gorgeous. Yeah. And we, so we were feeling really, I mean, just really fortunate and really great. And we, you know, we're feeling pretty darn good. Making jokes about putting it into four low or yeah. putting it in that. Oh, better lock the hubs though. We don't do that because yeah. we don't have to, but anyway. So, so here, here comes, I mean, so we were behind Joel and Renee in their, Sportsmobile, V10, you know, Apocalypse, you know, Mad Max rig. And we're going across this section. Um, we're still we're still in civilization. Like, it's the very, very beginning. We're cutting across an area to go to our first base camp. All of this is accessible. There are roads. There's, you know, there's gas stations. There's life where we're at. And we're maybe, what, 10 minutes into it? 15 minutes? Maybe. Yeah, we're driving in the riverbed. Yeah, that was it. So we're driving in the riverbed. So we are off road and Bullhead is 20 minutes away, you know, but like Corey was saying, it's relatively close to to concrete. Yeah. Yeah. And so we're in this riverbed and, you know, we're, we're chunking along, like we're behind the sportsmobile. I think Mason is behind us or in front of, I can't remember. Yeah. We've all got a pretty good pace going. Mason's right behind us. Yeah. And you were cracking jokes on the radio, on the CB to Joel about his pace. Yeah. About his speed. Yeah. I, I Oh, I told him to keep his speed up. Actually, I said, Joel, keep your speed up because it was getting Sandy and he's got that big sportsmobile, oh, which he is was, a very capable rig. If you look at the footage, he was yeah. cranking. So, yeah, this, we're making footage, fun of him. This footage is on <laughs> YouTube, and yes, I'll get I'll get episode three out there someday. But this is on YouTube if you want to go and check it out. But anyway, and so we're I happened, yeah, and and because it was the start of the trail, I'm filming, and I'm getting these great shots of the sportmobile just cutting through this sand. I hear you have Mason; he's on the radio, and then. All of a sudden, in the middle of our joy and bliss, I can't, I mean, can you The front half it? of the car blew off. Hey, Mary, can you let them know that I hung back at the turn to let the <gasps> know where to cross the turn? Oh, oh, oh. Oh, my God. We're done. I think we're done, folks. Oh, it felt like it <laughs> It felt like someone had punched me in both eardrums and my chest at the same time. Yeah. You can't hear it because I'm I'm filming on uh on my iPhone and the sound is dampened at that moment. Yeah. Because it's it was Yeah. It was one of the loudest noises I have ever experienced in a burst in my life. And so, because we felt the concussion it was Boom. And then you hear me. You know, immediately. <laughs> I think my sound is like, yeah. Yeah. But because, because it, like we felt it. So it was, it was startling. And, you know, the other thing is I saw the hood buckle. Oh. The hood actually buckled. It popped up. And then there was steam at the time because we're talking about fractions of seconds now. We're like at second one, at second two. I thought it was smoke. We had felt the explosion. I immediately took my foot off the gas and we started coasting. And then Mason saw the smoke. And the Mason, you hear him. Yeah, you hear him in the audio. Just 
everyone making the noise like it was the freaking Hindenburg disaster. I I thought, you know, I, I knew at the time I knew I was like, we are done, done, done. This trip is over. That was the motor. I just sent a piston through the top of the cylinder head and it, you know, chunks of metal must have hit my hood. When, When you said that, when I can't remember exactly what you said, it's in the audio. Yeah. It's like, that's it. We're done. I we're said, done. We're, we're done, folks. We're done, folks. Yeah. <laughs> we're done, folks. That's and it. I, I think I, what was it? I like was Elizabeth Kubler-Ross. I was going through the stages <laughs> of like, I was bargaining with the world. <laughs> like I was like, okay, well, no, we can't, like, we can't be done. This can't be happening. Like we, I was going through this process. We do expect, right? Like this kind of stuff happens when you're on a long-term trip. You know, and this we we it was day one, but I mean, you know, it we are. It was, it was minute ten. Yeah. yeah. So, not to set any false expectations, this stuff does happen, and then you got to figure <laughs> out what the hell you're gonna do. You know, so yeah, I was just like, okay, this is done. Our next few days is gonna be, you know, managing this situation. And then, so internally. I'm, I'm in complete disbelief. Like, no, 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 there's, we're going to, we're going we're gonna to figure this out. We're going to figure this out. And we hop out and I'm still filming, but the, the one thing I noticed, and here's a, here's a fun fact about Michael. He has no sense of smell. Genuinely no sense of smell at all. And it's, it, it could be, have been oil. It could have been gas. It could have been steam. I got out of the truck and it smelled like water. So I had a, like, for me, that was a clue that we weren't in as much trouble because that's way better than some sort of acidic, caustic, you know, death combustion happening. Or the flickering glimmer of orange flame. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So immediately, so we're recalibrating. I'd shut off the engine. uh Uh-huh. But full disclosure, the engine probably ran for... 45 seconds after the initial boom. I did not instinctually immediately turn the ignition ignition switch off. We coasted to a stop. And then in the process of, Hey, we're done folks. This is done. I switched off the engine. So it did run for 45 seconds after the, the initial explosion. And our crew of course descended upon us. I remember Matt being there. Mason came in with gloves, uh, Dan, the uh, Joel and Renee, everybody's, you know, clearly obviously circled back because we were a disaster and <clears throat> Mason popped open the hood. He had his, he had those huge leather gloves and was, you know, if you, if you're going to be on a trail, always have a Mason, just have a Mason. And when he popped it up, it was drenched. Like the top of the hood was just pouring water down and the then that, sound deadened the sound deadening material dropped off you know i mean it was, it was everywhere it, it was, was it was it was everywhere in the engine compartment because of the concussive explosion and then the weather stripping that is around the hood was completely blown off so oh, yeah. you know every and and I was looking was at the engine slumber. and everything kind of looked intact and it took me a little while. Well, and I was, and I was, so I'm looking at it through the camera or through the, you know, through my, my phone and I can't find 
I remember being like, what, what, what happened? Like not being able to identify exactly what happened. And the reason was you can just, des- you describe it. That well, really- <laughs> there was the, there was the, the um, aha moment, which was looking down and seeing that the entire top of the radiator was missing. <laughs> like, like it was gone, gone. <laughs> like, to the extent like, that you couldn't oh you, yeah yeah i was like oh the entire i'm not supposed to be seeing radiator fins cooling fins and the entire top half of the radiator was completely missing and so everyone was like what the hell <laughs> i mean honestly everyone like so dan mason all these guys are you know Many of them are Toyota techs by trade. Dan. Dan Mason. Yeah. And had never seen this happen before, you know, but I have the technical explanation. When, when Dan came up and put his hand on his head and said, I've never seen that before. (laughs) It's gone. I felt like I had really accomplished (laughs) something. Actually. I had, I had, I had stumped Dan (laughs) I, and at that moment, you know, things were, there was a little bit of levity because I was like, I have accomplished something. This yeah. is good stuff. <laughs> so we started joking. I, I said, I said, well, who's got the JB Weld? Dan <laughs> said, we have all of this on audio. Yeah. So uh, <clears throat> anyway. So and, oh, here's the other thing about the, the, the moment. I believe it was probably about 530 in the evening. Mm-hmm. That's how we were fresh on the trail, 5.30 in the evening. Sun was going down. So. We learned We learned in the next, you know, 15 minutes that we were actually five minutes from our first base camp for the night. Yeah. So we were very close. Um, and here's, and then, so here's the other thing that happened <clears throat> with our crew and what happens when you roll with the Masons and the Dans of the world. Mason was on his phone and he was immediately calling Auto zones, just ev- anybody and everybody possible. Uh, we were all, you know, l- looking to see when shops were closing. And we were at a, we, it was a race to get the part. We had to get a part. Yeah. There was no question we're calling about it. around. It was like, who's got the part? Who's got the radiator? We need the radiator. Um, and we didn't think we were going to be able to get it. You know, once we once we realized it was a radiator, radiator, then we then we were on the task of fixing this thing. It was like, oh, it's within the realm of possibility to get this thing fixed so that we can hit the trail with the crew tomorrow. Yeah. Like, so let's try and do that. So we feverishly started trying to locate the part. And there was a there was discussion about doing a a field repair on it because we definitely had the skill and the expertise and the tools and the everything. Yeah, you don't do that. Everything. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. The other thing we had was a group. Yeah. That had, uh, you know, look, had, had look, an agenda. The, the, yeah. You don't do that. That That's like, a, honestly, I'm just going to say that's a Nimrod move. It's like, okay, let me, let me pull my out and put them on my ARB bumper right now and show you all that in the sand, in the desert, I can change my radiator. You don't do that. The reason you don't do that is because you got Bullhead, Arizona, 20 minutes away, and you got 60 people, 60 rigs that want to hit the trail. At that time, and like yeah, that. we could stay there into the night in the dirt, fixing a freaking radiator 
Yes, but we had other options. We had other options. So we took our other options. So long, long story short, this is getting to be a long story. Look at that. We're at 20 minutes. Um, <laughs> we, we'll, we'll do part one and part two. We'll do we, three parts. Auto, auto zone. It was the auto zone, right? Right next to Breakmasters and Bullhead uh, called made the cutoff, yeah. like made the cutoff by minutes guy on the phone. It was the guy who called a uh, Mason boss man. Remember? Uh, there was lots of boss man. Oh, there's just boss yeah. man. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, they, they said, cool part. will be here. 8am next day. Yep. And then between that and break masters, which was right next door to the auto zone, they were like, yep, just bring Everything it in. Everything fell into place. We called the, we called the we tow got, truck and we got a flatbed. He, he got a flatbed. So, he made an appointment with us and said, I will be there at 7am. And he was there at 7am. And, and get this. we towed the truck. So we towed the truck to pavement and we waited for him. He was there, towed us in. Oh yeah. And get this, this tow in the middle of the desert was $75. Yeah. Okay. So in what world do we live in? We live in the Bay area. Of course. And a tow truck doesn't leave the yard for under $400. <laughs> tow trucks don't get out of bed for less than $450. So, <laughs> so I was like, I was doing the math in my head. I was like, well, I know you paid for gas and I know you paid for your time. And this is a big truck. And anyway, it was a very, we felt fortunate. Um, and they were able to. Yeah, I took, uh, uh, yeah, brought it to Breakmasters. The guy, Breakmasters, I got to remember his name. I think it was Eric. He was like, I've never seen this before. Yeah. <laughs> and that was kind of the theme. Maybe that's the theme. I've yeah. never seen that before. Yeah. <laughs> so um, the radiator was, I think it was south of $300. The tow was $75. It was $200, and then, $229 for the radiator, $75 for the tow. Yeah. And then they charge us like two fifty for the install. So it was like six hundred bucks or less to to do everything, and it was done by one p.m. Oh no, we met up with everybody at one. Okay, so we it was were done by we were on the, the road by day. noon. Yeah, and and we're not like making light of six hundred dollars. That's a lot of money. Yeah, but, but for, it could have been a lot more. Oh man, and our and our headspace, and I'm sort of in that headspace now that we've been talking about it. You know, our headspace was. I have to buy a new engine for our rig. Oh, totally. Yeah. So the fact that everything came together and we were able to repair, get back on the trail and meet up with the crew. And the whole reason we didn't fix the radiator in the dirt was because we wanted people to enjoy the trip. So they took off and we said, we got GPS coordinates. We will meet you. Yeah. And Joel and Renee hung back. Yeah. Sportmobile hung back with us. So we had an escort. Yep. And... And yeah, they fixed it by noon and we were able to meet everybody by, by 1 p.m. Yeah. We caught up with them because we were two rigs and they were quite a few. So we moved faster and we caught up with them. Yeah. We also took a shortcut. This goes, it goes into the whole, it's not a question of, you know, if something's going to happen on the trail, it's when something happens on the trail. The moral of this story for us was accepting help this is the point of overland bound really and and the the thing is that when when you're overlanding things will happen and you want a community and a support network to help you and we certainly had that 
with us, but things will happen. We're, we're planning a trip now uh, to go, you know, from the San Francisco Bay Area all the way to the tip of Baja, to Cabo San Lucas. And we are planning, you know, our support network on the way down there. Mm-hmm. We've got Overland Bound members that live in Baja. Oh, and they've been great. Yeah. They have been just like, hey, you, you better contact us. You know, so. And hang out. Yeah. And, and the flip side of the coin, you know, not only do you rely on your support network, and that is a wonderful human interaction, but you also, you know, when receiving help, make decisions that are for the greater good if possible. You know, mm-hmm. for example, get your rig towed if you can and don't require people to hang back and fix the rig if you don't need to, right? So, yeah, and we, anyway, we, so. And also we, you know, we had just done a fairly extensive vehicle check. Like, I remember going through that process while I was watching you know, the, oh, the, the, you know, this. Dan, Dan is Dan's FJ 80 was the one that pulled us out of the riverbed. And yeah. I was watching our truck go into the sunset. And I'm thinking to myself, but like, we did everything right. Like we did so, everything right. Yeah. And here we are. And so Dan, um, you know, he has worked with Toyota for many, many years with Toyota R and D and he's a very capable technician. Um, so, you know, we're, we're <laughs> uh, lucky to have his help. And here was the diagnosis that we sort of all came up with, and we know what happened. So you have a pressure release valve in the radiator, and that is supposed to relieve the pressure in the radiator so you don't have something like a, an exploding radiator, which is very dangerous, and it shouldn't happen because it tends to damage parts. Hmm. And there's no way, given the concussion that, that Corey and I felt, that if that um, pressure relief valve w- was working properly, that it would have created enough force to buckle the hood and blow out the gaskets and, you know, all of that. It would have, you know, relieved the pressure much sooner. So that valve stuck. Also, what... I came to learn, you know, I've had the rig since 2010, but that was the original radiator. And so there were probably micro cracks and the Toyota FJ80 Land Cruiser um, radiators, the top reservoir where water circulates, top reservoir or flows through is plastic. And so it, it probably had small micro cracks and that combination of things, we were not running particularly hot. Mm-mm. You know, but that combination of things was enough to create enough pressure to make the radiator blow up. That's what happened. Do we want to bring up the tire no. blowing up? No. Blowing out no. at 1 a.m.? No. A half we'll do mile another... from our house? <laughs> a half mile from our house. 1 we'll a.m. Another... Hey, tire shout out up. to Main Man, uh, 925. <laughs> Nick yes, and Lisa. Nick. You got, they were... They were um, you know, behind us and, you know, we, our tire freaking exploded. We'll tell that at another, another, another time. It was my own damn fault. Again, you know, learn from us, don't be us. Um, and anyway, 
Nick, you guys, they offered to come by and, and help us out. We oh yeah. At one thirty in the morning, Nick was like, you, you need me to, you need yeah. me to drive out and help. Yeah. We, were we're the, like, no. we were, we were the, we were a yard sale on the side of the freeway with all our stuff and gear everywhere. Changing a BF Goodrich 35 inch, 390 pound tire. <laughs> all right. Hey, you guys, yeah. thanks for listening. Um, yeah. we will do this again. We've got some pretty exciting stuff coming up. Um, and, uh, we're going to get, um, we're going to get, uh, I am Jake, Jake Wetter. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. We're gonna get him on, and we're gonna do a podcast, and and we'll catch up with him wherever mm-hmm. he may roam. He's an Overland Bound member. We love that guy. Thank you for listening, and until next time, outfit and explore. Go use Rally Point. It's on the website, OverlandBound.com. Thanks.